Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a great thing to not only sing, but actually do what we sing about. Is to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. We're not just singing it, we're doing it. We have to keep in the forefront of our minds, too, that as servants who have just come in from the field, the evening of the day, we come in here to the presence of the Master, to the presence of the Lord and Savior. We are in His presence. And we are to come with thanksgiving, thanking God for another day of living, thanking God for all the blessings that we enjoy today. It's all the good things and the bad things, the good times and the bad times. We're to be thankful for all. Hallelujah. And give him praise and give him praise. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him thanks one more time. Shall we, Jesus? Thank you. Oh, you're such a wonderful Savior, a wonderful God. You are not a taskmaster, O Lord, but you are Lord and Savior, the lover of our soul, our Savior. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. While you're still standing, I want to read to you the scripture of our lesson tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And for those who are online, you got the scripture. We trust you look it up. Maybe you can see it on the screen behind me. Praise God. It's there. Thank you, Sister Tonda. We got a rookie on there for us tonight. The scriptures. <laughs> She's not a rookie with computers, but doing this stuff, I think. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's read that out loud together. Use your voice and the breath God has given you. Let's read together. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Turn your neighbor, point your finger at him, says, this means you. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for your presence, for your word, for your goodness to us. 
We have nothing to offer you but thanksgiving and praise for you've been such a great God, a great loving Savior to us. And we bless your name. And bless, oh Lord God, the service tonight that we dedicate to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord Jesus Almighty. Amen. Well, I, uh, I came across something online today. And I wish I could find the post, but it was some folks that arrived in heaven in St. Peter's there welcoming them. <laughs> and uh, he was saying, well, for those of you who, uh, who have been saying, you know, that you're just watching church on television, well, you won't really actually get heaven. You'll get virtual heaven, get to watch it on television. <laughs> now, I know that's not realistic, but it was just funny. Amen. It was funny. Now, it's all right to, to, to watch it online when you got, you're sick and stuff, but you really need to come together in a household of faith. There's nothing like mano y mano vis-a-vis. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're baptized by one spirit into one body. And we're part of each other. And there's that koinonia that the Greek describes as fellowship. Koinonia, it is, it is heart to heart. And you can't do that online. You can't. You can do a lot of things online. It, it, it's a good substitute. It is. Especially for the shut-ins. It really is. And I think it's a marvelous thing. But I just found that funny. For somebody who, you know, makes, takes the occasion to stay away, you're in God's hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, I will also tell you that I'm, uh, I'm going to be here this next Sunday. I, I thought maybe we'd stay away this coming Sunday. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things going on in my family. Uh, and I know, uh, you know, uh, of my daughter-in-law's condition with cancer. And we were, we're going there tomorrow and leaving there early to help uh, with Thanksgiving uh, meal and celebration. And uh, then I thought maybe my daughter, Amy, and the kids may be coming down there for her birthday on Sunday. And I was going to stay down there and just, we were going to stay down and help uh, in either case. And so that is not going to materialize as such. But we're going and we're going to help for Thanksgiving. So we'll be back Sunday. And I'm looking forward to seeing those, those African safari films. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Besides, really, the missions. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all about souls, right? And the lions and the elephants and all that stuff. Praise God. Thank you. But it's, it's Thanksgiving time. It's time to give thanks. And, and someone has said, you know, it, it's a shame that we only celebrate once a year because... We have so much to be thankful for. And uh, today uh, we were with our grandkids. Uh, and uh, first thing that my granddaughter greeted me with was this, was this uh, sheet on Thanksgiving that was given her in school. And, they, and it's trivia. And I'm going to ask some of, this, some of these trivia questions about Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so one is, uh, if, if April showers bring May flowers... What do Mayflowers bring? Yes, you got it. Very clever of you. Very clever of you. Amen. Amen. Now, yeah. um, now this would be actually very interesting. Why did 
they let the turkey join? Why didn't why did they let the turkey join the band? Huh? He had the drumsticks, exactly right. <laughs> Praise the name of the man. We got some smart cookies in this place. Hallelujah. What did the turkey say before it was roasted? I'm stuffed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Question, why did the turkey cross the road? Huh? Well, that's, that's what they say for the chicken. And the reason is because it was the chicken's day off. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. Amen. <laughs> what does the sound, let's see, what sound does a, a turkey's phone make? Wrong. It's, it's wing, wing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, here's a good one. What kind, of, what kind of music did the pilgrims listen to? Plymouth Rock. Exactly right. <laughs> Hallelujah. You might, your kids must have been going to the same school. I'll tell you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, here, here's, here's, here's the last one. I'll make this the last one. Amen. Why did the police arrest a turkey? Huh? They suspected it of foul play. Foul play. Brother Jeff, write those down, man. You got to share that with the prisoners if you go, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Thanksgiving. I love turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and the stuffing and all those pies. I'm looking forward to it, Brother J.R. I am. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going to pig out if I can. Hallelujah. Can I? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Let's get spiritual here. Amen. Hallelujah. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, I was talking to my wife about this earlier today. You know, Thanksgiving is indeed a unique and very special holiday. It's, it's different than, than many others that we celebrate. Uh, it was first uh, celebrated in America by the pilgrims and the Indians who helped the newly arrived Europeans survive the first winter in the New World. Later in American history, we see that Thanksgiving was enacted as a holiday, first as a proclamation by President uh, Abraham Lincoln in October of 1863 during the Civil War to be observed in November of that year. And it, uh, it, the, the, the basis of this holiday is, is to give thanks to God uh, for the blessings of life and liberty and bountiful provisions in the harvest of the land. But if you look at the preambles of every one of the states in the Union, every one of the 50 American states has a state constitution which begins with a preamble in which a declaration is made giving thanks to God for his many blessings. The preamble of the Illinois state constitution says, quote, We the people of the state of Illinois, grateful to almighty God for the civil, political, and religious liberty which he has permitted us to enjoy and seeking his blessing upon our endeavors, 
and a whole lot of things that mentions all the things that they do in this constitution, it ends up by saying in this preamble, do ordain and establish this constitution for the state of Illinois. It begins with an acknowledgement of gratitude for the provision and blessings that God has bestowed upon this state. Every one of the 50 states has a preamble and every one of them has a reference of thanksgiving to God. <clears throat> Which is very interesting, although very, very uh, rarely lauded. It should be mentioned more often. Thanksgiving is also unique because it's one of the most edifying holidays of all the others that we, that we celebrate. It's, it's not associated with any other kind of pa pagan relic of, of, of ancient times. There's no Easter bunny here. There's no Santa Claus involved here. Uh, there's no witches and, and ghosts and stuff running around, you know. Uh, and, and it does not promote excessive drinking like, like New Year's Eve. It's a holiday where basically everyone is much included. I mean, it doesn't matter what religion you are, what your background is, what culture you are. It's, it's basically about coming together and having dinner with friends and family and celebrating all the good things of life together by sharing a meal. And it's easy to do. And, uh, and, and it, there's, there's no greeting cards involved. And there's some out there. I think some people do that. But for the most part, we don't buy Thanksgiving greeting cards and give that to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. The food does, yeah. But a lot of times people pitch in and bring that as well. But no greeting cards are bought. And, no gifts are bought and exchanged. And, and people usually don't get a credit card hangover because they spent too much on gifts. So it's, it's really unique in, in, in those many ways. And, and, and we, we celebrate, we have a good time. But for us Christians, Thanksgiving is a holiday that helps us to maintain our biblical perspective on life and, and who we are and and what God has done for us and is continuing to do so. It reminds us to give thanks to God for all that he has done for us. And all that he's provided for us. So for us, Thanksgiving should be more than just a big, fat, juicy turkey and the, and the, uh, and the stuffing and, and mashed potatoes. Oh, everything. Hallelujah. More than, than, than the apple pie and the Chevrolet. Let's see, how did that go? It was an old commercial. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, you know. Amen. But anyway, uh, it, it, it's more than just about the food for us. It's, it's really showing God our heartfelt gratitude. So let's, let's, let's hope and let's pray that in our homes that when we get together, we do give due uh, acknowledgement and expression of our, our thanks to God Almighty for what he has done for us and, and all his goodness. Psalms 95 two tells us, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. And we sang the verse uh, 4 of Psalm 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. The Apostle Paul's final of his fourth prayer uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 1 uh, is all about giving thanks. And it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. 
That's interesting. The Greek word for, for thanks here is the Eucharistia. Eucharistia. Where they get the word Eucharist? The Catholics use that. But it's rooted in, in chris uh, or grace. It's like the charismas. It's the charis, charis. The, uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit even also are rooted and tied to that. Uh, it is charis. It is, it is grace. It, in this scripture, Paul urges us to maintain this constant consciousness of everything that we have and, and keeping in mind what the source of all that is. It is by the grace of God. It is, it's his love manifest to us, expressed to us by the provision and all the benefits that he has bestowed upon us. And so we are to remember that everything we have and everything we hold and, and everything that, that is in our possession is the result of God's good grace. And that includes what we could, would consider both good and bad. Both good and bad. And, and this concept is highlighted in Leviticus 7. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit tonight. Uh, this word thanks is, is first referenced in Leviticus 7 verse 11 through 13. And I'm going to read to you a little about, about, about this. It's in the context of the law of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And it says in verse 11... And this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer it for a thanksgiving, first time mentioned, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, that's spread over with oil, and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried. Hallelujah. Verse 13, besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering, get this, leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offerings. Unleavened bread and leavened bread. Now, the priests are given instructions for these peace offerings uh, given for thanksgiving. And not only were to offer the usual animals that is associated with his blood sacrifice, but they were in for the, for the sake of thanksgiving also, they were to add these two things. The, this, this unleavened bread and this leavened bread. And the peace offerings for thanksgiving were to be accompanied by this unleavened bread of, and, and thin cakes mixed with olive oil and wafers spread over with oil and cakes made with choice flour. Choice flour, not just any kind. It's special. Good quality flour. That's verse 12. And the mixture of oil suggests spiritual blessings that God has bestowed upon us. And to also Israel, obviously, they're the first one that received this uh, instruction. And yet, with the unleavened breads, the offering must have been accompanied by loaves of, of bread made with leaven or yeast. And that's very interesting because, as you know, yeast in the Bible basically is a symbolic representation of sin. And during the Passover, from the very first Passover all the way even to this day, when they're celebrating Passover, uh, seven days prior to Passover, the, 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 the Hebrews are to, to, to get rid of every iota, every semblance of, of yeast or leaven in their homes. You could not have it in your house. God did not want any of his people to have yeast in their home because they want, he wanted them to eat unleavened bread. Yeast makes the dough rise 
as you know, and it gives a different flavor to everything. But on the first time when, when they did this, it was right before they, they exited uh, Egypt. And God told them when the word comes uh, from high up on Pharaoh, when the firstborn begin to die, they're going to urge you quickly to get out of here before everybody dies. And so you're not going to have time to wait for that bread to rise. And I don't want that yeast, amen, uh, in your homes. And, uh, and so, so he gave them specific instruction and they could, they could not have yeast. They were to eat their bread uh, without yeast, without leaven. And so it, this is part and parcel of the celebration annually when they celebrate the Passover. And so no leaven. So leaven is, is considered uh, basically a representation of sin. It had a negative connotation all throughout the Bible. In fact, even Jesus referred to in Matthew 16, 16, he warned of the leaven of the Pharisees. And he used leaven or yeast as a symbolic representation of, of the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, uh, referring to their hypocrisy and uh, their false doctrine, teaching doctrines of men as doctrines of God. And also in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul admonished the Corinthians for their bragging about their tolerance of sin you know, that, that was going on in their assembly and they didn't deal with it, they didn't judge it, uh, they didn't bring the person into accountability. But he, he referred to this tolerance of sin as, as tolerating leaven or, or this yeast in their midst. And, and this sin, he says, is like a little leaven that infects the entire batch of dough. So you better get rid of it. You better get rid of it, amen, and, and uh, distance yourself from it because it will affect other people in the congregation. <clears throat> and it will certainly affect the move of God in your midst. And so... What, what, what this was illustrating, it seems like, this combination of the unleavened bread and the leavened bread, that the same offering that they present to God is basically being thankful for both the good and the bad. The spiritual blessings and other blessed things that come with bad things that we, we consider to be bad things in our life. Beth, I'm talking about the storms, the trials, the tribulations, the trying of our patience, the sufferings for Christ. You know, it's interesting. I just heard of a, of a research that was done uh, by, by scientists um, who created this, this geo, what do you call this, geosphere, where they, they wanted to create a perfect environment where there are no storms, no strong winds, but they had sunshine and, and these trees that they were growing in, this, in this, this created controlled environment would grow without any interference and, and no, no storms, none of that. No worms and, and no bugs and whatever. And, and what they noticed was that these trees began to grow twisted and sideways. None of them grew up straight. And come to find out, as they begin to research and study it further, is that the reason they grew that way is because there was no resistance to them. No wind, no storms, no rain, no cold. Amen. And, and it was those elements that, that made those trees and, and, and those other things in that geospheric 
uh, controlled environment uh, to grow Ari. And, uh, and, and so think about it. The, the, the things that you and I go through in life, the bad things that we think are bad things, and when we go through them, certainly it's unpleasant. But the unpleasant things that we go to contributes to our growth. It contributes to our success. Without those kinds of resistances, without those kinds of negative things in our lives, we would never grow to be the ones that would fulfill our potential that God had designed for us to fulfill. And it's illustrated here seemingly very clearly. In Leviticus chapter 7. And so in the New Testament, we, we have a scripture for it, Romans 8, 28. Where we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good. The good things and the bad things. We can say that. We know that. We can keep our attitude right and understand that no matter what we go through, it is for our benefit. And God allows us to go through those things because he's trying to work his purpose through us. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible concept to keep in mind because it, it enables us to really be more thankful. Thankful. You know, a lot of times when things don't go our way and we've been under the gun and we've been really hurting for a long while emotionally, physically, or otherwise, uh, you know, we, we, our attitude gets pretty bad. And we tend to, we tend out of pity, self-pity, out of hurt, you name it, we, we end up having a horrible attitude and we, we lose our gratitude. We lose sight of all the good things that we have going for us. And we just concentrate and focus and, and on our wounds and we lick our wounds and we, 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 we are focused and fixated on that and we can't go on. And that's a big problem. Peter said in 1 Peter 4.13, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. When you suffer. Huh. How about that? James also described in his opening uh, letter, an opening chapter of his letter, chapter 1 verse 3, that, that challenging times try our faith. And it works patience. And when patience has a perfect work, we're made perfect and entire, lacking nothing. In other words, we're completed by God's work. We, he, he helps us to be better people by the challenges that he allows us to go through. Interestingly, if you study Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 21 in particular, it shows us how neglecting gratitude is the first step towards spiritual blindness and backsliding. Romans 1.18, I'll read the King James Version. If you have a different version sometime, you may want to look at that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, notice as we go in these successive verses, it's really encapsulating the history of mankind from the fall of Adam and Eve all the way to the time of the creation of the church. So he's, this verse is looking backwards at what happened to mankind, how they got so far away from God, beginning with Adam and Eve. So 
Keep that in mind. Because that which may be known of God, verse 19, is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. We've got a conscience. We've got a world around us that speaks of God, speaks volumes that there's a creator. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They can't say that. We, we never heard him. We don't know there was a God. Oh, yes, you do. All you got is you look around you and use your brilliant deductive reasoning God gave you and you look at the conscience you have for good and evil. You know there's a creator. And if there's a creator, then we're accountable to him. But look at verse 21, what happened. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. They backslid away from God. They, were, they became, became spiritually blind because of the lack of gratitude. Think about it, really, if you think back on Adam and Eve, how did they, how did they fall into sin? Well, they were in Eden. They had everything in a world that neither or anybody could have wanted. No sickness, no wars, no, no devil yet to contend with, no temptation. You know, it was just complete, beautiful fellowship with God and, and all the fruit that you wanted to eat and all the food. You know, the best situation, the best condition. And here comes the devil and he tempts them and says, you know, that's not really good enough. There's something better. God is trying to hold something back from you. And when he said, don't eat from that tree of knowledge, you're going to see, you'll be a whole lot better off when you know that, when you do eat from it, because you're going to be just like God. You think, you know, you got it good now, but really wait till you get to be like him. And so what it caused them to do is to look at this situation and they, they didn't value what they had and they weren't thankful for all the good things that they enjoyed. And they turned away from it. And chose something else. And the result, that blessing which thought they thought would be a blessing turned out to be a curse. Yeah. And so, in other words, as, as we read the scriptures, people become spiritually blinded because they simply forgot to say thank you. And that's what happened to everybody else after, after the fall of man. They were ungrateful. They were thankless. And so we have to be careful because the simple act of neglect or refusal to give thanks and to honor God, we just step on that slippery slope of, of backsliding. You know, our founding fathers recognized the blessings of God upon our land and they, got, they gave God thanks. Thanks that was due him and is due him. And, we're, and we are still indeed a blessed country. I, I believe that. We have our troubles, no, no doubt about it. We're still a blessed country. We're still one of the best countries on the face of the earth. We really are. Hallelujah. But, but how many people in our country today express their gratitude? Huh? To anyone, not just to God. But are they thankful? 
for all the blessings that we have in this country. Nobody's saying thank you. Nobody's saying, man, what a great place this country is. The loudest voices are not gratitude, nor of love and of mercy, but they're voices of anger and hate and violence without any expression of gratitude whatsoever. And see, I think a lot of this, again, because the people who are loud in voicing this ingratitude and well, this, this violence and hate and all that are people that do not value the blessings that we have here. In fact, as a result, what they see here, they curse what God really has blessed. As a result, their attitude shows it. God is not in their conscience. God is not in their forefront of their mind and their thinking. They're cursing this place because to them it's a curse. Because they do not value and are not thankful for what we have here. There's a lot to be thankful for. Hallelujah. I think, I think if anybody, stand with me if you will. Praise God. Yes, I'm done. Finally, brethren. Come on, praise singers. Come on, Becky. Thank you, Jesus. But, but we, we, you and I have a different attitude. Thank God. As children of God, we, we have to be thankful. And by giving thanks in all situations, whether good or bad, you know, we, we lift our eyes above our circumstances and we look at Jesus. He's a constant, never-changing source of hope and strength and joy. And, and we have faith in knowing that regardless of our circumstances, he's forever worthy of our gratitude, forever worthy. He's preparing a place for us that where he is, we may be also. And this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Hallelujah. And soon we're going there. But for now, whatever your lot, whatever your circumstance, no matter how good, how bountiful, or how meager, count your blessings. Voice it to God and voice it to people around you. Paul, the apostle, said, you know, I know how to both abound and also how to be, be abased. And I, I know how to, to enjoy a feast and I know how to basically starve, whether it's by forced fasting or just a situation I find myself in. But I, I've learned that whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. Doesn't mean you can't have ambition to get better. You can. Because God wants us to be blessed. But he also wants us to be thankful. Amen. He wants us to be thankful. Praise God. You may not be where you want to be. Just trust God. And thank Him for what you have. Hallelujah. Thank you for your health. You know, I mentioned this. That's not my notes. A lot of times we, we get thankful when we get in a position where we're sick. Or we're in a crisis where we have a brush with death. 
I remember when, when I had issues uh, with my heart again, about four years ago, and I spent eight days in the hospital at the VA, and they put two stints in my heart. And, uh, and they put one in a one day, second day, they couldn't, they couldn't reach my heart through the groin. They're finding obstruction. They had to wait another day. They didn't want to do any more damage. Finally, the third day, they, they, they went through, and they had a difficult time going through. And I was watching it on the screen. I, I was awake. <laughs> Just a local anesthetic. It didn't hurt, hallelujah, except the needle. The needle hurt. It's a big, thick needle, too. Should I describe it? Because <laughs> they put the, the, the probe and all this stuff through that needle that into your, your vein, your artery. Anyway, to go into your heart. And I feel, sometimes you could feel that, the movement of the stuff. But thank God I had, and I was thanking God for that team. I didn't know this, but the VA hospital here, John Cochran, St. Louis, is the second highest, performs the second highest number of 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 intervention cardiac procedures that they did on me. I had one of the top doctors in the country do that work on me. Hallelujah. But th- there was a segment in my artery, my heart, that they couldn't penetrate because it was blocked in two places. And, and they had to put in a longer stent than usual. And it took them a long time to get through, but they did. I said all that to say that, that during that procedure, and in my days in the hospital, I was very emotional. If you ever get any heart issues, you'll find you've got a heart attack, got stroke, whatever, you get emotional. Some people have depression that comes along with it. But I was so tenderhearted. I was so thankful for every one of those people. They really did their level headed best to help me. And it's in times like that 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 we really realize how blessed we are. It was my daughter, Amy. As you know, she's in vascular surgery group now. She's no longer a family uh, practice. But when she was still going through SLU, when she was at the ICU, and she was working with people who just came out of surgery. There was one man who was having some medical issues, and they did surgery on him. And they told him, well, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. He's been in the hospital for two months already. It's already cold outside. I'll never forget this. I don't know why. This so touched me because this really affected my daughter as well. He looked outside the window and he saw the, the cold wind blowing and he just saying, I just wish, you know, they told me I'd be home by Christmas. But here I am. He says, I wish I could just go out. I feel that cold air, good wind blow my face. And then the man coded during that week and, and he passed. He had to struggle for every breath. My daughter had to had the task of suctioning him and, and clearing his airway and as he was struggling for breath. And with his last breaths, he just turned my daughter with tears in his eyes. <laughs> I could hardly get it out. I said, Oh, church, are we thankful for everything? Are we thankful for that simplest little thing like breath? Are we thankful for that cold wind that we go outside to get blown in our face? 
Are we thankful for that morsel of food that may not be a whole big turkey? It may just be enough for you to eat for a meal. That much less to throw away in the garbage after five days. Who knows? I don't want to wait till I'm on in a situation. I want to make sure every day I give thanks to God. I give thanks for, for my health, for my strength. I give God thanks for everything. Every day, not just Thanksgiving. Oh, hallelujah. We just lift your hand a moment before this thing. Would you just from your heart give God thanks for everything you have? The good and the bad. The ups and the downs. The heartaches, the pain, the loneliness. Just give thanks. Which just God give just give God thanks. That you've got breath in your body. You got a place to live and stay. Oh